the other side of Texas, history has its place. On the other side of Texas, justice rules the case. They don't like it, they don't love it. They say we're all wrong, but on the other side of Texas halls, we roll on. Hey there, howdy. Hope you're doing well as you tune in to another edition of the other side of Texas. We close out the week here broadcasting from the Racer Car Wash Studios. Racer Car Wash, Lubbock's best wash, five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations across Hub City for the best wash around. Guaranteed. Find your best location there. Racerwash.com. Got Jeff Griffith going to come in. City Council District 3 here in Lubbock, uh, Central Lubbock, going to talk about all the issues surrounding the city and what's going on. If you're a Lubbock resident, this is the episode for you to figure out what's going on, and we'll go into detail with the councilman coming up, and also, I'm over it. I'm I'm on the upside. I'm on the upslope now of whatever I had. On Monday, I was eating lunch with my wife and said, I just need to go lay down and put me out. I played hurt the rest of the week, played through the pain here on the other side of Texas, uh, just just trudging through for me and you and um, a pretty good week of programming, I might add. But uh, I went in and got got a flu test and the doctor said well you tested negative but i think you still have the flu and uh i took all the medication did all the things and i'm i'm up on the upswing and glad to be here goodness gracious that was um i i don't want my worst enemy to have what i just walked through this week pretty pretty incredible today speaking of incredible if you're ever going to see the rainbow, you got to bear a little rain, only in West Texas terms. If you're ever going to see the sunsets, you have to bear New Mexico blowing in to Texas. And that's what today has been like in West Texas. Wind gusts up to 50 miles per hour. Uh, very low visibility on the highways as I was out on Texas highways today on the western portion of the Caprock. And uh, very low visibility but it just makes you grin and think i don't know what we're doing but we're doing something right living where we're living I, maybe i'm sadistic i don't know but i look at the the horizon and think it's just gonna get cold this is our way of getting cold uh, we refuse to get cold very easily and before it gets cold you gotta have a lot of brown and uh probably gonna have some gorgeous sunsets in the days to come and that's the way we roll here in the region the way that they roll in austin and this is pretty unbelievable to me today out of the texas legislature the big news is that senate committee appointments are out we're going to talk about this next week uh, on monday in more detail but I want to give you my initial interpretation. Uh, not much change in the Texas Senate, except that Kel Seliger, the last rural senator 
the independent voice in the Texas Senate. You will recall, if you follow Texas politics closely, Kel Seliger is elected out of Amarillo in a district that has Amarillo in the upper portion of the Panhandle and then comes down one county wide down the New Mexico line and drops into the Permian Basin. Seliger was primaried against by the lieutenant governor's man. Uh, his man didn't run against him. He helped a couple of other campaigns run against him. They couldn't beat Seliger there in the primary. And now there's retaliation from the lieutenant governor, who apparently cannot read numbers. Had it not been for the panhandle, I don't know where he would have stood in that race. Uh, he might have won or lost by a point in his lieutenant governor race. But the thanks to the panhandle being that their senator is now off as chair of higher education, which in I don't know how that plays, still trying to read the tea leaves, how that Texas Tech had a great advocate in Kel Seliger. But now Kel Seliger no longer a part of higher education um, and is no part of finance. And it just, it makes me think back to whenever Dan Patrick was running against David Dewhurst. And um, what was that now? Uh, 2014? And Dan Patrick's campaign guy said, "Hey, uh, we won where there are people. Dewhurst won where there, are, where there's livestock." Well, to use that same nomenclature, condescending nomenclature, uh, Patrick won where there was livestock this time. And what's the thanks for winning that race? It's uh, that. Seliger is no longer in a position of authority. He's now the chair of Senate Agriculture, which sounds good if you're a West Texas representative, a West Texas senator, but guys, let's be honest. On the state level, most all agriculture is run from the federal level. That's why it's important to have good, strong representation like an Arrington or a Thornberry. Um, running at the federal level out of your districts because that's where agriculture is really impacted um cd hooks christopher hooks today saying that house ag is a lot like purgatory and i don't deny that but what i will also deny is that that may have been a bold move on the lieutenant governor's part but uh there's no telling what kind of recompense is there for him uh, going forward, uh, people in the panhandle—not what we wanted. People in the panhandle have a very long memory, and we'll see how this bodes for the lieutenant governor long term. That's my initial take. Um, Dan Patrick is completely lost touch and doesn't know political reality. His head is somewhere else, and. Uh, He's got a free agent now. I mean, he's called a free agent a lot, but there's always been a free agent in Kel Seliger. Um, the lieutenant governor could have done better today for his own terms. I have said, and haters have come, and haters have gone, 
but me, your fearless host, J. West Texas Leeson, has said that Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury, could be and very well will be an NFL greatest of all time, a GOAT. And I believe it. And I am absolutely committed to it. Haters are going to hate. You tell me what you think. We'll see how it all plays out. But I was interviewed on the Texas Standard, which you can hear weekdays 3 p.m. on KTTZ FM 89.1 here in Lubbock, uh, weekdays at 3 p.m. I was interviewed. I want to take you through that interview, and I was just a part of it. But let's hear the Kingsbury, uh, hear them riff on Kingsbury for a minute. You'll hear yours truly in this interview as well. This is a Texas standard. Brown, the mandate for every football coach is the same. Win. The new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals is no different. Here he is being introduced by the team's president, Michael Bidwell. I would like to introduce our new head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. Now, Cliff Kingsbury, that's a name that's familiar to many Texans, including our own Michael Marks. Hey there, Michael. Hey, David. So Kingsbury's story is a little bit of a fairy tale, it seems. He was a star quarterback at New Braunfels High School, rewrote the record books at Texas Tech, and once his playing days were over, he became the Red Raiders head coach in 2012. Yes, but unfortunately, his tenure at Tech did not have a fairy tale ending. Mm. The Red Raiders were successful in their first year, but then they posted 27 wins against... 35 losses Ooh. over the next five seasons. Kingsbury still a beloved figure in Lubbock, but the team's performance was bad enough to get him fired in November. But there's a disconnect here. I mean, if you can't win in Lubbock, then how are you going to win in the pros? I mean, this is the Arizona Cardinals that's hired him. I mean, the National Football League we're talking about here. This is the question that, that lots of people have asked, David. And, and from where we sit on the outside... I, it's reasonable to wonder how failure in Texas college football <laughs> right. will translate to success in the NFL. Indeed. So what I did is I reached out to people who have been on the inside, including this guy. It's not always just as easy in black and white. Now, who's that? That's Michael Hugh. He's an attorney who worked in the NFL for 30 years, including as the general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm. So he's got experience hiring head coaches. And we should say choosing a head coach is no small matter for an NFL team. I mean, you're committing a lot of money to the main football mine in a multi-million dollar football business. That's right. Teams don't just make these choices willy-nilly. Mm. It's typically a, a methodical, calculated process. But according to Hugh, it's also one that can be prone to fads. Well, it's a copycat industry. So there's 32 flavors like Baskin-Robbins, and as soon as one sells better than the other, then everybody wants salted caramel or they want, you know, strawberries, whatever's moving the best. <laughs> so when you said fads, you really meant it. All right, I, I kind of see what, what he's getting at here, that, that Kingsbury fits into a kind of flavor of the month in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. See, for, for most of the past 20 years, Texas Tech has been at the forefront of changing how football is played. And Kingsbury has been a part of that as both a player and a coach. Now, now say more about that. So the roots actually go back to Texas high school football. But the basic idea of this philosophy uh -huh. is they wanted to spread players out, go fast, and throw the football. All right. Now, this is a philosophy that produced tremendous results in high schools and colleges. But the thought was that you couldn't do it in the pros because NFL defenders just too athletic uh -huh. and, and the attack might be kind of a gimmick. But just recently, that started to change, largely because of this guy. Mahomes looks over the middle. Open man, Travis Kelsey. 
Touchdown! Patrick Mahomes with another dime. That's the CBS play-by-play call of Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes throwing a touchdown against the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. Okay, now wait. Patrick Mahomes, how does he fit into all this? Mahomes is a former Texas Tech Red Raider, coached Uh, by none other than Cliff Kingsbury. Okay. He is now widely regarded as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, even though he's only in his second year. Mm -hmm. Now, this wasn't seen as necessarily a sure thing, though, when he came into the league. There were a lot of questions about whether a quarterback who came up in Kingsbury's system, remember moving fast, making lots of seemingly simple passes, whether that could be successful at this level. But so far, so good. Uh, Here's Jay Leeson. He's a tech fan, and he hosts the Other Side of Texas program. It's based in Lubbock. So the Chiefs is a a must-see on Sundays because it's exactly what we've been watching at Jones Stadium in Lubbock. It's the same offense that we've been watching for all these years. Uh, So pro teams are finding success, basically replicating a version of what Kingsbury and Mahomes did at Lubbock, it it sounds like. It does seem that way. Mahomes might win the Most Valuable Player Award this season, Mm. and the Chiefs have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. So lots of teams are looking for a coach who can replicate that success. That's why Hugh, the former GM, said that a guy like Kingsbury is the flavor of the month, even if he didn't have a ton of success at a lower level. It is a risk, but it's one that Leeson thinks might pay off. Now, this may sound crazy, but in the NFL, it's being defined more and more by Patrick Mahomes, five guys that were one degree separate of Cliff Kingsbury. I'm not going to be surprised if he does well. This, uh, I suppose you could say, is a bit of an experiment then, right? See if this kind of football can actually keep working in the pros. Yeah, it's it's a big bet, and not every NFL observer is convinced it will work. But if the Cardinals start winning, you will see more guys like Kingsbury headed to the pros. And you can be sure that the Texas Standards' Michael Marks will be keeping us up to date. Thanks so much for getting us up to speed, Michael. Sure thing, David. Okay, so there you go. Yours truly. Uh, you know, what I left out there was that the GM, uh, Kime, Steve Kime, recruited a guy named Sean McVay to uh, the Cardinals, only not to land McVay. After all, McVay may well be playing in the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks, and uh, the next guy that he went after was with Kingsbury. So, haters, at me. Come at me on Twitter, at Jay Leeson on Twitter, but I think there's a great chance that you could see Kingsbury in that mold of McVay be a great NFL coach uh, from that, I guess you could say he's from the Belichick tree on the NFL side and uh, wouldn't expect uh, him to do poorly and I do expect him to do very, very well. So guns up, and that's not me just being a homer. That's looking at it realistically. Uh, glad to be on Tech Standard. Thank you guys for uh, having me. Some good analysis there. It's there at Texas Standard. What do the Arizona Cardinals see in Cliff Kingsbury? And I think the answer is the next Sean McVay. Going to get... City Councilman Lubbock, City Councilman Jeff Griffith settled in here in studios and get in with him on some issues down into the weeds 
of Lubbock City Politics. Stick right with us here on the other side of Texas. Cross that old red river, this is what I saw. I saw miles and miles of Texas, all the stars up in the sky. I saw miles and miles of Texas, gonna live here till I die. Here he is in studio, all by his lonesome today. We're gonna get into it with uh, City Councilman Jeff Griffith. Jeff Griffith, how are you doing, my friend? Good afternoon, Jay. Glad to be here. I'm are doing you? well. Yeah, I'm doing You're well. I'm seat. Oh, oh, I am. Well, I guess I am across from you, but uh, I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm I'm on you, the uh, that Z pack. Z pack. You know, the doc told me. No, the the pharmacist told me. You know, you can take two of these Z packs. You, know, you don't have to eat anything. And um, I had an adverse reaction to that recommendation yesterday. <laughs> It's a good thing I had not eaten because it was uh, it was pretty rough. But I'm I, so sorry. I appreciate your condolences. There. Well, I'm glad you're on the mend, and uh, you know, uh, you were talking about the flu earlier, and and uh, you know, flu shots are still out there for folks. Uh, but I don't do it. I I haven't done it either, and I need to. But I'm just no, telling I you, I don't do it because I got the flu shot one time, and I got the flu, Griffith. I, well, I understand. It's they're they're coming up with better flu shots every year, and obviously, I'm not a medical professional, Jay. But you just play one on the radio. <laughs> so I can tell you that uh, every year we get improvements as far as it from uh, the health department officials for the city of Lubbock that they do. They are definitely more effective than they used to be, as far as the amount of strains of flu. And again, I'm not a healthcare professional, but uh, they are. Flu shots are still out there for folks that, because uh, it appears it's still coming. Uh, city council, I think, is in recent years tried to become more accessible to the public. Jeff Griffith. Um, and let's let's tell folks exactly where we have new people listening all the time. You represent Central Lubbock. Define those boundaries. Uh, to the northeast, Texas Tech. To the southwest, South Plains Mall. To the southeast, the Caprock Edition. And to the northwest, uh, Tanglewood. Okay. Bobblehead Heights edition. So 19th and slide northwest, uh, south loop and slide southwest, 66th University, southeast, and uh, Marsha Sharp and University on the northeast. So, yeah, I'm kind of the central Lubbock uh, representative, and uh, it's actually the smallest and the only landlocked district of city council in Lubbock. All the other districts have had, you know, have room to expand. So, uh, but mine's actually the smallest. Yeah. So we're going to move city council meetings from Thursdays to Tuesdays. Why? We feel like that there, first of all, uh, our, there were staff recommendations that this would help because we would make, as you see this 500 page agenda, uh, in front of you, Jay, we'd make decisions on Thursday night, and then staff on Friday morning would have to try to 
get after it as far as implementing a lot of these amendments and ordinances and decisions that were made, planning and zoning issues. We feel like it's better to do it earlier in the week, so we're moving it from Thursday to Tuesday so that uh, it is moved earlier. We start at, for all the citizens need to know, we start at 4.30. We will not have public comment until 5 o'clock. Okay. So we're used to we start at 5.15. We feel like this is easier for folks to remember, too. But, yes, we will start at 4.30, and that will be more for proclamations, um, recognitions, boards and commission folks that are serving. But at 5 o'clock is when the public comment that's when folks will need so to be there for Folks can make it down afterward. Yes. Yeah. So to give staff time to grind through and to post to be more transparent. I Absolutely. We feel like there's a and, and there's a lot of activities. As opposed to one. Jay, think about it. There's a lot of activities, a lot of things going on in the city on a Thursday night. And Thursday Thursdays is a, a, has become a bigger event day. So... We also felt like a lot of cities have done this. We're not the only one to do this. Is, is moved to Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. But I but I still like it the fact that we do it later in the afternoon so that more folks can attend. Uh, there was, you know, previously the city councils in Lubbock used to meet early mornings, and uh, I still believe it's better in the afternoon so more people can attend. Yeah. So let's get into a couple of issues here. Something that made some news local regional news uh the atheists had their invocation were you moved councilman the uh i believe it i mean we had Have you ever seen anything that, like that it, it was odd uh no doubt about it and and i might uh i'd like to comment jay first of all that the lady that spoke to us uh was very respectful very nice uh it was not derogatory in any manner in my opinion it was a uh so i i appreciate that what what she said as far as her comments and uh i didn't feel like that she was there with any ill will at all uh so i'd like to for folks to understand that that did not see it or hear it so secondly the uh this is an issue that other cities have dealt with across the country, and uh, there's been Supreme Court rulings. People deserve, they have uh, the ability to speak, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like a surgeon, uh, a dear friend of mine who's an internal surgeon here in Lubbock told me one time, we are talking about different races different religious thoughts difference in whether you whether you vote red or you vote blue but he said something i thought was pretty neat he said you know i've performed over six thousand surgeries and every time i cut somebody open we all look the same on the inside Hmm. we all look the same on the inside and Councilman Jeff Griffith, uh, Lubbock City Councilman, in studio with us here 
Um, let's get into a few different issues, Councilman. We're going to go to a break in a couple of minutes, but uh, let's start with your thoughts on the Expo Center. Uh, I know that the city's not directly related to that, but your thoughts looking as a third party in on progress and what your thoughts are given the voter turnout in what 65 35 in favor yeah. of uh what do you think there well i'm i'm excited that uh the county has taken this up uh and counties all across the state have been involved with these expo centers as you know the committee i think has done a, a really good job at uh putting it together obviously the vote was very strong in favor uh, to create this entity I now know it's up to the county commissioner's court and to create the the committee that will actually oversee that entity and so there's still some logistics at the county that they've got to go through to get everything uh, so that it can get underway under construction, if you will. But I am excited. I think it's fantastic that uh, folks voted for this. I did myself, and I feel like there's a need in Lubbock, and I think it'll be a very positive thing for this community. Yeah. Um, you know, Curtis Parrish was on the show, said that this couldn't be, this wouldn't be done, and I hate to paraphrase him, but not for a few years. Um, any anxiety on the city's part on where do you do the ABC rodeo over the next few years after this year? You know, that was a concern when we first started down this track with uh, the vote to give back the Coliseum Auditorium to Texas Tech. And so, uh, you know, I've thought about that literally for three years. As, as we've gone through this, um, the that's Texas Tech's decision. Uh, out of respect to them, you know, obviously they're. Uh, I think their demolition plans are much faster. It's spring, right? Yeah, I think it'll Late probably spring. happen sometime this year. Yes, after after the rodeo. So, it, which does put the rodeo out twenty uh, twenty. I guess would be at the can it can that and to judge's Par, judge Paris's comments can it get built that rapidly I don't know I have no idea and so yeah I mean is there do you want it done today absolutely but uh not timing isn't perfect every time yeah um let's take a quick break and then I'm going to get in some controversy about regulating Airbnb in Lubbock. Hear from you on that. Okay. Uh, we've heard plenty of other stances, but want to hear from you on that. Take a quickie break and get back in Airbnb in the future in Lubbock and uh, also get into a couple of other issues here with the councilman Jeff Griffith as we roll along here on the other side. If you're in Lubbock, this is the show for you right now. Be right back after a quickie break. Better weather. You were saying with a grin To the sound of hailstones hitting ten It's loud enough you gotta yell now The whole thing hits me like a song 
Councilman Jeff Griffith in studio with us. Uh, something that's emerging with emerging cities, uh, Councilman, is Airbnb regulations. Uh, this has been something that's been talked about. Uh, tell us where the city of Lubbock is with Airbnb. But, well, hold on. Let me step back. A big complaint I hear from a lot of listeners is deadbeat land uh, landlords in Lubbock who don't really oversee their property. And that's a big complaint. I'm sure you hear from that a lot. People who own properties, especially in you you and your district have a lot of high money uh well not high money but properties that are worth a lot and people really look to move into those especially like in tech terrace tanglewood but whenever you've got somebody who just leases or rents and they don't live here maybe they live on the west coast or the east coast they're in a hedge fund I'm sure you get a lot of complaints about that. I don't get a lot, but we do get them, yes. And, uh, you know, popular areas close to the campus, there's no doubt that, uh, uh, you know, we code enforcement's a big issue with uh, landlords that don't take care of properties. And so I, th- I think that you'll see going forward, this city council has uh, made it a priority to be more proactive on code enforcement when it comes to landlords that and are not taking care of it. what ways do they not take care of it? What Land, well, a lot of times it's landscaping. When, when you get into the summer months especially, Jay, it really uh, just not taking care of yards. Uh, that's a real issue sometimes. And because tenants, you know, if, they, if they're... Uh, you know, they they may, to your point, they may live on the West Coast, but they've got uh, rental properties inside the city of Lubbock that uh, it's a good business model, no doubt about it. But at the same time, if they're not taking care of them, yeah, and uh, things left in alleys, uh, whether it's high weeds, you know, especially when we get into the summers, the, you know, the we get out of spring into the summer, it it ramps up pretty <laughs> pretty quickly on on those issues so that's something this council is made a priority is to be more proactive with our code enforcement yeah. system yeah uh, but especially is in the terrace in tech terrace close to when you get close to texas tech uh there, where you've got a denser population there's there's no doubt yeah. that is a, that is an issue and, so, and pe- property owners uh get I don't. I don't blame folks if if you got one neighbor that's not taking care of yeah. their business. Well, and so not taking care of business. Let's carry that over into this disruption, which is Airbnb, where traditionally you could lease a house, you could rent a house, or you could Airbnb a house, where it's just maybe week to week, maybe during the football season or otherwise. You're visiting Lubbock. You can just visit this house. There's a lot of talk locally about regulating Airbnb. In what ways have you looked at regulating? Because I think this may impact you as much as anybody on the council, given proximity to the campus. I mean, why go rent a hotel for 
300 $400 a night when you could Airbnb for $1,000 for three days, right? A full house yeah. that's taken care of and stocked and ready to... I think that a lot of listeners have Airbnb'd before. Things are really taken care of for them. Uh, what complaints have you heard? What are the merits on both sides of regulating Airbnb? It's a really interesting topic, and I'm glad you brought it up because we're honestly we're just getting into this. Uh, we've over the past I've been on council a little over four years, four and a half years, I guess, and. Uh, I didn't have a lot of complaints about it early on. Uh, I, I don't get a bunch, but of late, it seemed to have ramped up. Early on being? Uh, the first, my first three years, 2014 through 2017. Okay. So over the last couple of years, it's, it's ramped up. It's ramped up a little more as far as hearing from folks that are frustrated with the amount of vehicles or amount of people coming in and out of a residence in their neighborhood so we have some neighbors uh that we've heard from it's all across city it's not just tech terrace sure it i mean it literally is all across the city so you you hear from uh folks that say wait a minute i i feel like i've got a business operating right in the middle of my block yeah and which Jay, is zone, we could, could be a zoning issue right it's when it's when it's zoned residential and you know uh, it's not. It wasn't I mean, meant to be a rental. For listeners, Hotel. though, I mean, it really like let's Tech Terrace. Let's define Tech Terrace for just a moment for people who aren't familiar. Tech Terrace. What the way I would define it, Councilman, nineteenth to thirty fourth in Lubbock University to Indiana. Yes, that would be the big block of Tech Terrace. Yes, that is and it. The thing with Tech Terrace has always been that there have been people in Tech Terrace who fought zoning against motels, against hotels. Um, and there are very few of those. And there's only, I don't think that there's even a convenience store in Tech Terrace. Who there's, a, there's a grocery store, 26 There, There Boston. is. There is one. But other than that, On the interior, not yeah. a lot of business inside of that. And people have fought against that for a long time. But to now have you know, let's say Matt Wells comes in, he wins nine games next year. And then into the next year, you get all these various people coming in. And then you do have businesses operating inside the terrace. And it, it presents the question, that just for context. Now you do have businesses operating out of residentials. Yes. And, you know, uh, we also have group homes. Uh, it's a state regulated industry and that's actually a commercial that's that's a residence that's operating that may have two or three tenants elderly uh may have 24-hour nursing care that's considered a group home and they're all over this city i mean and you've got those in the terrace uh believe there is one maybe two but in my district there's five or six yeah, and uh, got one close to my personal residence. Uh, but the 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 point is that so yes, we do have that, and that's that's state regulated. That's not uh, the city doesn't regulate group homes. Number no, we do we do once a year go in and uh, for health code 
we do check them from the standpoint of environmental health. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there, there is a city check there. But back to Airbnbs. Uh, that industry obviously is growing in our city. It's, I think that we're beginning to look at this. Uh, there is a chance that our state legislature takes it up. I haven't looked at the uh, bills filed today, but uh, uh, there is a chance that, that that may be taken up in Austin and a statewide. I, I don't know that. I haven't talked to uh, Representative Burroughs or Frulo or Senator Perry about it, and I probably need to uh, in the near future but to see their thoughts on this but the point is that we we are looking at it and i think that we want to hear from people uh we need to hear from citizens if they're pros and cons uh to see how folks in lubbock feel about this yeah well i appreciate you talking with us pretty candidly about that when they get into the lobbying thing what you're lobbying for, what you're lobbying against in the legislature. Uh, the health report, I've heard some things about a health report that's coming out. No? Um, uh, we'll, we'll look at that. Okay. But um, uh, get in with a little bit more with Jeff Griffith on what's going on on the state angle from the city of Lubbock. Coming up right here, quickie break. Get back with you here on the other side. We've got Jeff Griffith, Lubbock City Councilman, in studio talking through some issues in an extended interview. Appreciate you being here, Councilman. My pleasure. Uh, Some issues that the city of Lubbock is lobbying the legislature on as the legislature is kind of in a hurry up and wait mode right now um but the legislative agenda for the city of lubbock give us a couple of things that you're high on maybe not you don't have to go through the whole list but things that really stick out to you we we uh before christmas uh the mayor myself and our city manager met with our three legislators uh Representative Burroughs, Representative Frulo, Senator Perry had a great meeting and went over uh, issues that we feel like are important to our city that we asked for their help on. Uh, a, a couple of top of mind ones, and I, and I appreciate what all three of those guys are doing for us. I really do. And uh, I have a lot of faith in all three of them. And we we really number one uh have an issue that's it's kind of odd in that it's not really in the city limits it's in the county but it's three sides of it uh, are (laughs) borders to our city limits and that is on north i-27 there is a many decade old catastrophe that is a tire and shingle dump that TCEQ permitted and has allowed 
the the business went away and it's been setting for a long time. It's a big cleanup, a very expensive cleanup from everything we've addressed in the past with the, with the dollars because of that what's in that dump area and smolders for some time to time yeah good point it has caught fire before and what's important there for listeners context is that you're flying into lubbock flying out of lubbock you're driving to the airport from the airport into lubbock first impression is the greatest impression and what you see is a smoldering fire it, it it's like a Somalia right outside of Lubbock. Well, it like I say it is something that uh, and and all all three of those gentlemen were uh, very attentive, and I think that hopefully they'll uh, can work with TCEQ in Austin to see if we can get some help. We understand that that's a different issue than Hurricane Harvey help, but it this is uh it, which needs to be addressed uh also by the because legislature it was but, permitted by tceq that's correct and then they laid down on the job and now it's an eyesore for the city yes and and the county and y- you brought up the airport remember that we are underway uh the new rent car facilities under construction as we speak plans are uh, and, and we will be going forward to, with a remodel of our airport. Our airport hadn't been touched since the 70s. Our TSA entrance is obviously very crowded because it, our airport was never designed for TSA. It was pre-TSA. So going through security is 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 uh, it's pretty crowded. We uh, the the way this airport remodel gets paid for is by passenger and luggage fees. It doesn't take city tax money to do this. People they need to understand that. So uh, and Senator Cornyn got us uh, almost eight million dollars uh, from the federal aviation folks to start this, but. We're still short some, but I, we will. We're confident we'll get the rest of it to complete this. But this way, we'll have a much more efficient airport, safer airport going forward. So we're going to put all this money in our airport. Is where I'm headed, and we darn sure don't want that shingle and tire dump to continue to be an eyesore. But no money from taxpayers on. The airport remodel. That's correct. Okay. Now rent so, car, rent car uh, taxes, and can apply. Yeah, yeah, it can. Given our news that we broke on the program, that <laughs> Good those, point. those rental cars can only be used for airport. Airport. Yeah, and airport you, you tried. You you brought this up uh, several months ago, and I appreciate your work on that. But we uh, we are spending quite a bit on the airport. But it's and it's going to be great. It needs to be great. It is. You're right. Our first window on the world. A lot of people scratch their heads. Councilman Jeff Griffith was on the on the show. They scratch their heads, and I'm going to throw this out and answer it, and then I'll let you uh, finish up. I get a lot of questions about why in the world do we have what we have in Amarillo, 
for Texas Tech in El Paso with this dental school, with, you know, nursing and pharmaceutical, Amarillo. Uh, why in the world does a vet school need to be done in Amarillo? And my argument is always there are only so many political bulls out there. And if you want a wide net, you've got to be able to carry that wide net. So we want a vet school in Amarillo. The city of Lubbock has backed the vet school in Amarillo. Tell listeners why that vet school shouldn't be in Lubbock and why you as a council, if you can speak for the council, are backing that vet school being in Amarillo. And yes, and and thanks for bringing this up. This is this was another item on our legislative agenda that the city council of Lubbock supports the Texas Tech vet school being placed in Amarillo. And yeah, I, uh, that may be a head scratcher for some. I'd, I'd like to quote or paraphrase, I should say, former Chancellor Bob Duncan, current Chancellor Ted Mitchell. Uh, both have explained to me that Amarillo is the epicenter for cattle. So ranching is north of us. We're right in the middle. If you think about West Texas, we're obviously right in the middle of the largest cotton field. And then Midland Odessa to the south of us, of course, with oil and gas. But we really, uh, Amarillo is a very, as far as logistics, a great site for this vet school. And we've had other institutions that have vet schools, being Colorado State University, Kansas State University, and Oklahoma State University, all back it being in Amarillo, all recommending it being Amarillo because it's the epicenter cattle industry, ranching industry, and uh, it has, you know, we as West Texas work together now. People need to know that uh, we're not fighting I-35 East, but we don't have the population that they do, Jay. So we need to band together and work together for the betterment of West Texas. You talk about this a lot on this show, and uh, that's my answer. Uh, anything else people need to know that's going on with the city? We, um, again, our our council, uh, you, you, we brought it up earlier, but I'd like to say it one more time. Our city council meetings have changed to... Tuesdays instead of Thursdays. So our first Tuesday meeting this year, of course, will be this coming Tuesday, January 22nd. We will start at 4.30. Public comment at, starts at 5. And uh, we hope that makes it uh, easier for folks to come, that want to come to council. Uh, we're going to be working very hard this year to improve Lubbock. Uh, we've got lots of priorities we spoke on some today. I appreciate you having me here, and I hope everybody has a great weekend. And uh, let's keep moving Lubbock forward. All right. There you got it. City Councilman Jeff Griffith here on the program. And I, uh, a pretty, I think, pretty informal there. Thank you, Griffith. For the Texas Standard appreciate them having me on and for councilman jeff griffith gotta get home 
gonna get home great family above average dinner waiting for me except i say that a lot but my wife is on a high school friends trip in phoenix so i am mr mom this weekend so the dinner is going to be below average this time around until next time rave on buddies rave on we'll see you next edition right here on other side of texas Shipwreck on the mountain, rubbernecking all the outlaws. It's who we want.